Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Mike Molina. And Tim Lammers will join us as well, talking Oscars, talking about an Englishman who has to say nice things about America because no Americans will. But, you know, <laughs> other than that. Also, we're going to check out who's coming to the State Fair. Got a lot of good people coming to the State Fair this year. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt. Then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company. And they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Somewhere a queen is weeping. Somewhere a king has no wife. All right, I know Jimi Hendrix uh, died in September, so I know that you're not playing it for that. No, it is windy out there. It is just... Oh, it's just the wind cries, Mary. Yep. It, the weather sucks. Uh, Mariah? Oh, it's supposed well, to snow supposed for to get, the next uh, 24 hours. Oh. So, yeah, well, they said, yeah, 24 to 36 hours, actually. Oh. So we shall see. Good old March. We shall see what happens. I don't know. It's uh, 35, 35 degrees, but, you know. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, mind snow if it's that warm. Because I wish, it were, I wish yeah. it were colder or warmer because 35, it's like that rain-snow mix. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And then it gets colder at night and then it yep. turns into ice. So it's nothing but a dance party. Yeah. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, more grandstand performers were announced Monday for the 2018 Minnesota State Fair. Mm-hmm. And one of them comes with a parental warning. First, the family-friendly acts. Portions of the original Beach Boys and the Righteous Brothers are scheduled to play the fair on August 27th. Portions? I know. It's kind of sad. <laughs> well, the only portion the Beach Boys left is Mike Love, isn't he? I think he's the only original I, Beach Boy left. So that's not that's not portions. 
It's just one portion. Well, I know it's one portion. <laughs> this version of the Beach. Let's see That's here. Nice. Current members, Brian Wilson, Mike Love, Al Jardine, and Bruce Johnston. Bruce Johnston is is with them too, still? Oh. Uh, well, yep. I don't know if he's an original, but he's been with them for a long oh, time. Okay. Uh, let's see. He... In 1965, he joined, so yes. oh, pretty right. early. So pretty he, early. He counts, definitely. This version of the Beach Boys is led by Mike Love, cousin of the California surf band's genius Brian Wilson, who has been touring on his own of late. Love's tour comes a few months after the release of Unleash the Love with 13 new songs, along with Beach Boys' mega hits, California Girls, Help Me, Rhonda, and Do It Again, The Righteous Brothers. I'd, I think I would love to see The Righteous Brothers. By the way, the Beach Boys are fun to see. If you've never seen the Beach Boys, they are a lot of fun to see. Yeah, they are. Um, But I think I might not want to get tickets for the Righteous Brothers. I've never seen them live, but I've always loved them. I have never been to a show at the State Fair. I haven't either. Really? I've never been to a show. We're the only two Minnesotans that have never been to a show at the State Fair. It's just so hot. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's horrible. Really? You are 75 years old. And he's a 31-year-old, 75-year-old. That's yeah, what he is. he was is. born 75. Mike, you ever been to a show at the uh, State Fair? Yeah. That's, yeah, you know, a good time. Everybody. I'm not big on the fair, though. Just not really? my cup of tea. No. no. I'm like one of the only uh, people. I like seeing the horses. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's like you got to see um, all the people. It's like I can't believe I sit, live in the same state as you. Oh, but there's great people watching. You yeah. have to admit. <laughs> The best people watching ever. <laughs> that is true. The Minnesota, the great Minnesota get-together, the most attended state fair in the United States. They try to say it's Texas because their numbers are bigger only because their fair is twice as long as ours. Well, so they're big lies, too. Exactly. Yeah. Minnesota has the biggest daily attendance of any state fair in the United States. So they're Texas. The Righteous Brothers made Blue-Eyed Soul a pop music thing in 1964. The blockbuster You've Lost That Love and Feeling in 1965. Their songs Just Once in My Life and Unchained Melody both reached Billboard's Top 10. March 3rd, uh, March, excuse me, in March 2003, the duo of Bill Medley and Bobby Hatfield was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Soon after the death of Hatfield, Medley now teams up with Bucky Hurd. I didn't even know Bobby Hatfield had died. He's been dead for 15 years. I had no idea. He was the yep. one who had the high voice. What did he die of? Let's see here. Because well, he couldn't have been much more than 60, was he? Uh, overdose on Coke. Oh, God. That'll do it. How old was he? <laughs> he was 63. Yeah, yeah, the old ticker at 63 probably is no yeah. match for... Doing tons of Coke. Coke. Yeah, it's just... For doing blow. People in their 40s <laughs> often die from that. Yeah. Yep. I've never had much going. He's the one that sang up there. He was the high singer. Bill Medley with the low voice. Uh, taking the grandstand August 30th will be the comedy troupe, The Tenderloins. Its members, Joe Gatto, James Murray, Brian Quinn, and Sal Volcano. Uh, it's not Volcano, by the way. It's Volcano or Volcano. Are the creators of the stars, true uh, TV, oh, it's the Impractical Jokers. There you I have it. I love that show, don't you? No, oh, I can't stand that show. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hey, we're going to pull a prank on someone. I've never been a prank kind of guy. No. I've never understood pranks. That show is huge on of, True TV. A lot of guys like pranks. I know. I don't get it. Pulling pranks. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If you pulled a prank on somebody at, at North High School, you'd end up with a bullet in your back. <laughs> you, wouldn't, a... you wouldn't laugh and hug? No. no? There, there wouldn't be much laughing at pulling a prank on someone. <laughs> yeah, I've just never understood the appeal. I don't know. 
Yeah, they would not have cared for that, I'm just telling you. Seems to be a guy thing. <laughs> the show follows the tenderloins that they coerce one another into doing over-the-top public pranks before hidden cameras. With that premise, the fair's announcement cautioned that the Timberwolves are recommended for ages 16-plus. Wait, didn't you just say tenderloins? It says tenderloins, yeah. But then you said Timberwolves. I said, I didn't ever say Timberwolves. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You said Timberwolves. I did? I was like, which one is it? Because they both sound wrong. It's the tenderloins, actually. The tenderloins take the grandstand. The tenderloins are the impractical jokers. I didn't know they had a name. I didn't either. I had no idea they had a name. Um, in any case, uh, the show follows the tenderloins as they coerce one another with that premise at 16+. Beach Boys and the Righteous Brothers tickets go on sale Friday with pre-fee uh, tickets going for thirty-eight fifty. Friday also starts ticket sales for the tenderloins. They are priced at 50 and $60 before fees. Tickets will be available at etix.com or by calling one 800 514 3849 or at the Fairbox office 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday. So you got the Impractical Jokers, you got uh, Bill Medley and Bucky Hurd as the Righteous Brothers, and you got Mike Love as the uh, Beach Boys. Boy, everybody's dead. Yeah. Well, Brian Wilson's still alive. Don't we, I mean, those are, you know, big stars, blah, blah, blah. They but were. don't we, don't we get even, we get really big stars at yeah. the State Fair, right? Yeah, yeah, they'll end up with other people there. Yeah. Absolutely. They no will. one can top well, the this Impractical star. Jokers. Pull in a lot of money. I know yeah, that much. Do. Yeah. What'd you we say? sell sweet corn on the road. So someone <laughs> coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. <laughs> sweet corn, potatoes, onions. I wish we would have gotten his number. We could have called good. him on occasion, asked him how it's going. Yeah. What if, <laughs> what if we found out he died of a cocaine overdose two oh, years ago? I can guarantee you he's never done cocaine. I guarantee you. Not really a farmer drug. No. <laughs> Not really a farmer. For some drug. reason, you'd think that it that would be. What, cocaine? They have to wake up super early <laughs> and work a lot. I think they just rely on good old coffee. Mm, I think they do. Or meth sometimes. Oh, but that doesn't always end well. I don't think you want to be jittery around uh, heavy farm, farm equipment yeah, well, and, yeah, that's and, the thing. and giant animals. <laughs> Bad planning. Possibly not. Um, by the way, Andy, I went and got a haircut uh, between shows over by your house. At a place. It's run by people from Turkey, and it's called Top Stars. That's the name of it, <laughs> Top Stars Haircutters. <laughs> they give you a little cup of Turkish coffee. Have you ever had Turkish coffee? I haven't, oh, but yeah. I do know that they yeah. they make it by they like heat sand really really hot, what? and then they put the coffee in a cup in the sand, and yep. that I don't know, it's really weird. You drank it? I drank is about it, half of isn't it. Isn't it like tar? It is yeah. really thick and really strong. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna be good Whoa. to go, Tom, had, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. What do you mean great? When does the rage start? <laughs> Let me just tell just you caffeine something. Rage. <laughs> caffeine rage. Caffeine <laughs> rage. Any moment now. It's got an interesting. T- I wouldn't say it tastes good or bad. It's just t- it has an interesting taste to it. Yeah, I had I had Middle Eastern tea, and it was very thick and weird and oh, full of caffeine man. too. Honestly, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa is all I have to say. Uh, so Mr. Lam- what time is Mr. Lammers calling I think he's in? On. He's on right now. Oh, he is on right now. I wanted to make sure. I am here. Can you hear me? Hollywood. We can hear you wonderfully. You sound great, actually. Thank you. You were talking about how farmers wake up, because as you know, I grew up a farm boy. Yes, you did. Four words from Dad. Get your ass up. Get your ass That's up. That's how you wake up. So it wasn't the cocaine? <laughs> 
Not the cocaine. Not the hillbilly heroin either. <laughs> hillbilly heroin, you didn't have that either. When I grew up on the farm, it was puppy alarm clock. Yeah, yeah puppy alarm true. clock. I sent two Jack Russells into the bed. And they really, really to liked getting Alex and me up, yeah, they for some it. reason. Honest, oh honest God. to God, one of the greatest sounds ever when I was growing up was that rooster crowing at the crack of dawn. Really? Oh. It was so cool. Really? It was so cool. It's oh, so yeah. early. So annoying. Well, you would think it would be, but not not annoying like a dog barking like he has to get out to go to the bathroom. Yeah. A, a rooster crowing, I know, there was just something about it so serene. Oh. I, I don't know. And again, you wake up and it's like that. just the sun is barely starting to shine. It was maybe looking back at it, I am fond of it. Maybe yeah. at the time yeah. I was more of a pain. But yeah, now oh. thinking about it, it was wonderful. We had a rooster that showed up at the farm in Dayton. It just oh, showed yeah. up one day. And mm-hmm. uh, 4.30 a.m., cock-a-doodle-doo, screaming its head <laughs> off. And finally, the Jack Russells chased it away. They didn't, they didn't even want to get up that early. They're like, get this thing out of here. Of course, I was, on my, <laughs> I was on my way to work at the time. But. I called all the neighbors. It's yeah, like, no. whose freaking rooster is this? Was it the Bostwicks? No. Well, nobody would, it would admit to it. Apparently, no. uh, apparently, excess roosters are a very bad thing. Yeah. You yeah. only you need, like, one rooster per, like, it's like eight hens or something. Yeah, so I don't know if this rooster was driven out of somebody's farm or somebody just drove by our house and threw it at us. I don't know. Well, I mean, mm. you can always. <laughs> it was eat a pretty. It. it was a very pretty rooster. You can't eat rooster meat, can you? Yeah, Why it's not? a capon. Isn't that a capon? Capon. Capon. C a p o n. Come on, lammers! You should know that a rooster. Can you eat rooster meat? Ah, chickens are chickens to me. I don't know. I guess we never butchered a rooster. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Yeah, hen and rooster are the same thing oh, they are. in terms yeah. of eating them. Oh, I didn't know that. I oh. had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yep. Capon but, is, yes, you're right. What do you know? I'm right. Tim, write that down. Chomp, chomp. You are right, Catherine. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Capon is what? A rooster. It's a rooster that you eat. Oh, I've had capon before, so I guess I have eaten a rooster. Well, there you go. Now that it's confirmed that it's right, he agrees to it. Do you see how that works? No, I'm just saying I didn't know that I've had capon before. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. Yep. The hell the, yeah. You know, the, the one thing I did have that just didn't work out, I had a turducken, uh, where you have a... Well, the word turd in Turd, yeah, it's not, not good. Uh-huh. It's a duck inside a... Or is it a chicken inside... Yeah, it's a duck inside a chicken inside a turkey. Other way, chicken inside a duck. Chicken inside chickens a duck. are smaller. Okay, chicken inside a duck inside a turkey, mm-hmm. and it and it tasted really weird. Well, and later on, I found out the reason it tasted really weird is because it had gone bad and made me sicker than hell. Oh, oh my God, did that make me sick? Hmm. Nothing worse it. than the old food poisoning. Oh. Or was it just a combination? It oh, so you the, said it was bad. No, yeah, it was right. bad. It was. I, I don't remember it being bad. Or was this a second one? It must have been the second one. I remember we had one. I was probably like 10. Yeah, I remember Dad brought it home. He was like, turducken. Yeah, it was the a new thing. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I just remember it was over-seasoned a lot. But that's oh, all I remember. It was overly seasoned? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it all works out in the end. I don't know. It's just Well, it had to strange. be better than tofurkey. Tofurkey's uh, horrendous. Mm. Yes. 
That's fake turkey, right? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, that's not. You don't want that. I'm just telling you. This made national news, by the way. An elderly Minnesota man who simply tried to avoid a traffic accident was followed home and beaten badly Friday night, the Pioneer Press reports. On his Facebook page, the Anoka uh, County Sheriff's Office details the attack, which it says started when the victim stopped short while driving to avoid a traffic situation. Apparently angering a driver behind him, that driver started to drive aggressively and taunt the victim who eventually thought he'd lost his aggressor. Instead, when he pulled into the driveway of his home in East Bethel, a male jumped in and pummeled his face and head for about a minute, only stopping after asking if the victim had had enough. The sheriff's office isn't identifying the victim or revealing how old he is, but it did post a picture of the senior online showing his injuries, said to include multiple face fractures and several lacerations requiring many stitches. The Minneapolis Star Tribune reached out to the victim's family Sunday, but they said they'd been told not to discuss the case with the media. The sheriff's office described the suspect as being a white man, about 35 years old, at least six feet tall, with a short haircut and driving a gray or dark silver vehicle, perhaps a Ford Mustang. Uh, Anyone who would brutally attack a senior citizen in this matter is clearly a danger to the public. That is a national story that took place in Minnesota. A guy tries to avoid getting hit by another car. The guy behind him was inconvenienced somehow, uh, and therefore he pummeled a senior citizen. What is wrong? The picture of the old man is just, it's. Uh, disgusting what he did to oh, this yeah. man. Oh, my God. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's got it up. It's terrible. What are you doing? I mean, once you see it's an older man going, oh, man, you know, try not slamming on your brakes next time. First of all, you're never going to see somebody slammed on their brakes ever again, so what are you getting so upset about? Calm down. We'll be right back. Tim Lammers will talk all about the Oscars coming up next Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. Well, uh, my, uh, my deepest thanks to the Academy and its members for this, um, oh, this, this g- glorious prize. I owe this and so much more to so many. I have, uh, I've lived in America for the longest time and I am deeply grateful to her for the loves and the friendships I have made and the many 
the many wonderful gifts it has given me. My, my home, my livelihood, my family, uh, and now Oscar. Um, the movies, such as their, their, their power, uh, captivated um, a young man from South London and gave him a dream. And Douglas Abansky, my dear, dear friend and brother, you have helped keep that dream alive. Uh, Joe Wright, thank you for this. It only took 20 years for us to work together. Um, but it was well worth the wait. Thank you, Kazu, Lucy, uh, David, for your, for your artistry. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone at, uh, at Working Title and Universal Focus for your Herculean effort. He didn't thank me. <laughs> I, did hear, I did hear Tom Bernard's name twice last night. Apparently it came out, three people thanked me last night at the Academy yeah. Awards. And Oldman finishes that speech by thanking his mother, his almost 99-year-old mother, saying, put on the kettle, I'm bringing Oscar home. Put on the kettle. God, Brits just love to say put on the kettle, don't they? <laughs> but how is that for a nice tribute to thanking America for providing him all those wonderful things in his career. I love know? Gary Oldman. I know, I love Gary You know, Oldman. how often do you hear that in an acceptance well, speech? I, well, like you, said, you saw in my tweet today, I didn't watch one second of the Oscars this year. And I, it wasn't that I made like a, a decision to not watch it. I just had no desire. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, maybe it's because I'm just becoming so used to hearing it that... It doesn't phase me that much anymore. It's kind of yeah. like par for the course. You just mm -hmm. expect it. Right. Um, so then all of a sudden, you know, when Gary Oldman comes forth with a speech like this, it's like, wow, this is, this is really different. This right. is really striking stuff right. because you never hear it. Um, so, yeah, and again, I, I pointed out to, to you know, Tom this morning on KQ, this is a British film. This is a film about mm -hmm. uh, Prime Minister Winston Churchill, mm -hmm. you know, but yet... He begins by thanking, you know, the opportunities that have been provided to him by living here. So, you know, I guess maybe it all adds up. I mean, it just so happened that this one was set in Britain and he played Churchill, whatever. But, uh, my God, what a, what a nice speech. So, wow, with the uh, Nielsen ratings, 2017, 33 million. Guess what they were yesterday? 12 million. No, not that low. <laughs> that would be a little nuts, but uh, 24. Ooh. So they've gone down by, let's see, that would be... Uh, 9 million. 9 million, so that would be like 30%. Yep. That's terrible. Yikes. Well, that's, I yeah. mean, again, Jimmy Kimmel apparently politicized it, and even NPR called it ho-hum. All I know about the Oscars so far is that Shape of Water won Best Picture, right? Yeah, which right. I don't know how the hell that happened. And, and Best... <laughs> And best actor. I don't even know anything else. I mean, I haven't looked at anything. So who won? Well, what? it was all really predictable. I mean, Frances McDormand won. Mm -hmm. Oh, she did. Uh, okay. Sam Rack Rockwell won for Three Billboards. Wonderful. And um, Allison Janney won for I Tanya. So uh, they got they got the actor okay. picks right. That's they really were good. all yeah. right. That sounds right. right. Yep. You know? Oh, NPR called it ho hum because they didn't reward fresh voices like Jordan Peele. Oh God. Oh. Never mind. But I thought they, they did. were. I thought they were actually they being, like, you know, honest for once, but no. Can't they do that. Can't be. They, they, he won for uh, Best Original Screenplay. 
which so wasn't even enough. which wasn't even an original screenplay. So that's really hard to do. <laughs> they went after Guillermo for supposedly lifting ideas. And what about uh, being John Malkovich? <laughs> yeah, what about it? It's a direct ripoff of being John Malkovich, but apparently that's okay. So what's the big? And in fact, Catherine Keener is in in Get Out, and she's also in being John Malkovich. Honest so to God, funny. really? Yes. Yes. Oh, whatever. But, uh, yeah. It's uh, but no, I don't know how they could say that he was silenced. My God, he he won. Right. Uh, a, a major award. I mean, that's a you. That's not, not anything to sneeze at. A screenplay award. No way. So I don't know where they're coming from with that. I know. And I tell you what, we had Key and Peel on the KQ Morning Show one time. Probably the worst guests we've ever had. Really? Had nothing interesting to say. They weren't funny. They weren't interesting. They were just doing, I don't remember. They put out some lame-ass movie. I don't know. Oh, it, it was Keanu? Maybe, maybe Keanu. Oh, but Keanu was so dumb. Oh. Yeah. That show had one good bit. the Ninja bit. Cat. Yeah, the Ninja Cat. That show had one good bit, the substitute teacher that couldn't get anybody's name right. That was very funny. The rest of it was the most unfunny show in the history of television. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't understand what the attraction to Key and Peele is. I don't get it. Well, you know, the interesting thing was, I mean, I will say that coming from uh, Jordan Peele, this was a much different film than you would ever have expected, given his history. I mean, you know, you have to remember the movie before this, even though he didn't write and direct it, was that Keanu movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so to go from those sketch comedies to something that is pseudo-serious, I mean, it was, you know, Golden Globes thought it was a comedy. It's not a comedy. It's more of a horror suspense thriller than anything. Um, so, yeah, so it was much different than anything he's ever done. But, yeah, yeah, it, it, they, they spread the love last night, though. I mean, they it, Three Billboards got something, Shape of Water got something, Darkest Hour. Dunkirk got some, you know, technical stuff. Kobe Bryant so got they something. They spread it around a bit. How the hell does Kobe Bryant Kobe win Bryant? A, well, an Oscar? Kobe, what for what? I don't know. Best, best animated short. <laughs> you know, and they showed clips, you know, as they read off the nominations. And you know what? Just the amount of work. I mean, I don't know if you should judge it on the amount of work, but it was, it looked so crude, the animation in comparison to everything else. And we're also talking a film that was stop-motion animated, which to me is the most difficult way of animating. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a frame-by-frame -frame way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So even though I heard he was a, a, um, a favorite, after seeing those little clips, I thought, no way, there's no way he's going to win this. But it's got to be... Uh, the people in Los Angeles and their love for the Lakers or something that helped tip the vote that way or something, because I have no idea how that thing won. My guess would be L.A. and their love for something else. People who, yeah, well, that people who perhaps look a certain way. Yeah, well, there is yeah. that. Although I, I'm so really, phony. really surprised that Get Out didn't win Best Picture. The way that people were fawning over it, how it was the most important film of the universe. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Well, it's no. not, as, not as good as having an it, affair with a fish. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Why? I have a. I. I what's the. What's, what's the complaint? What? Who? Are they, every year there's a big complaint. You know. Uh, no, this? I think people in this year were just like it was just you know more of the same thing. Well, really uh, superficial politics and you know the movies that everyone thought would one won pretty much and you know. Hey, and unlike last year, Faye Dunaway and uh, Warren Beatty got it right. They did, yep. Yeah. Yep, it's true. Well, one thing I noticed from it was, okay, look, again, it's another four-hour program, which <sighs> doesn't help. Um, the, the 
wins were about as predictable as they ever were. I mean, there were zero surprises. There were no upsets. Usually you'll get one or two. I mean, Moonlight, that was a surprise over La La Land last year. Yeah. You know, apart from the whole envelope screw-up, even if there weren't a screw-up, it would have been a shocking win. There was nothing like that last night. So that, that to me, was a big difference. Um, having a host that, you know, the, 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 the beginning was so-so, and it wasn't bad, but it was so-so. But, again, I mentioned on KQ uh, today, you know, Billy Crystal's an entertainer, mm-hmm. and he really seemed to liven the proceedings up. Yes. I mean, you really need to have somebody like him, or even Hugh Jackman hosted a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's an entertainer. Um, I don't know, plugging in your own political commentary in between stuff. I mean, and apparently not realizing that you're alienating part of your audience by doing that. It's not, it's not the way to go about it. they got to change something. So was, there a, was the agenda this year gun control? No, no not really. Um, okay, I mean, obviously there were they, they, and rightfully so. I mean, there were there was a lot of talk of you know the Harvey Weinstein scandal mm-hmm. and you know the Times Up movement and and all that sort of stuff. And I and I applaud that sort of stuff. I really do. I, and I think it's hard to argue right. um, them saying anything about that. I think it's necessary. I mean, especially since they're the ones at the center of it yeah, all. That's true. You know, to ignore it would have been. Foolish. So to call it out was great. Huh. Um, well, but, you know, were the political jokes, I mean, here and there, I guess, they really didn't mention, I don't know if they even mentioned Trump's by name. Thank God. That's getting so but, boring. Yeah, and I, but again, either way, I don't care if you're slamming Barack Obama or Trump. I don't want to hear yeah, any of it. Exactly. Right. I, I just think it's boring. I, I don't side with either party. So to me, it's just a bunch of babble. I don't care. Oh, I've just, we're here about movies, you know? I saw a bunch of tweets that said that celebrities were pushing gun control, but they were surrounded by a wall of 500 rifle-wielding SWAT officers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually did. Very true. Um, on Friday, I actually I downloaded a list of countries by homicide rate and by uh, guns per capita, and I found a very slight negative correlation uh, between guns and murder, which basically means that it was a negative point oh nine, which is such a small amount that basically it means that guns per capita have no effect on homicide rate. That's what I thought. In fact, point on negative point oh nine would mean guns technically decrease the murder rate, but it's so slight that it's not really worth mentioning. So yeah, uh, reducing the amount of guns is uh, not really going to do anything. Unless our country is so special that it affects us in a way that it didn't affect the rest of the world. Well, once again, I think it's a situation where if you take guns away from people, only the thugs are going to have guns. And, I, and I'm sorry, I know that sounds old and sounds NRA-ish and sound, and I, I'm and I'm not right-leaning at all, but it's true. You're not going to get guns away from the thugs in the city. It's not going to happen. No. Well, I mean, for one, they already have them, That's and they have saying, so yeah. many of them that... You can ban them, but they'll have them for generations to come because they have them stashed all over Except the place. We just have to keep guns out of the hands of crazy people. Mm, Number yeah. one well, priority. That's one of our biggest problems is it we is. have no law that says we can detain crazy people for being crazy. I know. They have to voluntarily uh, get checked in or they have to uh, either commit a crime or say they're going to commit a crime. Or be suicidal. Yeah. But just being crazy is yeah not uh, not something that you can forcibly treat which is 
probably not the best idea. True. See, I think that whole thing is terrible. I really do, honestly. I, I, I just Ronald Reagan had a lot to do with that. He shut mm-hmm. down a lot of the mental institutions because he said they weren't working. They were cruel to people. But now they're all homeless. Now they're all wandering the streets homeless. That's great, Ron. Good job. That's why. That's why I'm not a big fan of either party, Republicans or Democrats, because you do the craziest things. Oh. There's this promise program that this runsy. The superintendent of schools down in Broward County, where where the Stoneman shooting took place. Did you know that it was it 2014 when President Obama passed the Promise Act? I think it was either 2014. Yeah, I, I think, think it was so. 2014. That he he wanted to make sure that people of color, that minorities were were treated differently than white people because they thought they were being differently treated on the negative side. The- so in order to balance the scales. Uh, look it up. Look up. The, yeah, I'm, it, it I'm, was implemented so that black youths would, uh, would not and go to and, and Hispanic, but a definite emphasis on black youth wouldn't go to jail for crimes. Right. That they would get treatment um, and counseling instead of a criminal record. Yeah, which makes no sense whatsoever. That's not talked about, you know. But you can look it up. It's called. It's either the Promise Program or the Promise Act. I don't know what the situation is, but this kid, this cruise, mm-hmm. had brutalized people at the school over and over again, threatened them over and over again, brought bullets to school over and over again, but because of the Promise Act, they couldn't arrest him. Nice job. Nice job. It's shocking. There. It is. These, absolutely. These totally failed shocking. policies have got to be addressed. It's true. You can't treat all people the same. They want everybody treated the same. You can't do it. I'm sorry. It's very, very... Well, it's not just very difficult. It's impossible. You can't treat people of different levels of ability the same as everybody else. I, there are a lot people who are smarter. There are people who are dumber. There are people who have talent. There are people who have no talent. I mean, it, it, it's not a skin color thing. It's a human being thing, right? We'll be back. Tom Bernardo. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, 
Happy life. DMR Clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything you know what's so amazing, Tim? The uh, Oscars were last night. We're talking about the Promise Act. Prominent public figures write President Obama urging criminal justice reform and support for Youth Promise Act. That was on May 24th, 2013. Over 100 prominent public leaders, entertainers, and civil rights icons have written a letter to President Obama urging him to support major criminal justice reform for our youth. And specifically, they called for his support for the Youth Promise Act. The only um, thing I'm finding is that there was a bill that took elements of that act that passed. Right. Oh, called yeah. Supporting Youth Opportunity and Preventing Delinquency Act. Preventing de- delinquency means that they don't get arrested for criminal behavior. That's what it is. Okay, you want to know who some of the 100 prominent public leaders were that wrote the president about this? No, yeah, go ahead. You ready? George Clooney? Will Smith, Michael Moore, Lil Wayne, Cameron Diaz, Scarlett Johansson, (laughs) Reverend Al Sharpton, Susan Sarandon, Russell Simmons, Roseanne Barr, Kim Kardashian, Jamie Foxx, Kerry Washington, Sir Richard Branson, Woody Harrelson, Nicki Minaj, Jim Carrey, Ava Longoria, Harry Belafonte, Sarah Silverman, Demi Moore. I can't go on. Oh, boy. The Hollywood Virtue Signaling Act. Yeah. That's... Yeah, so what, ha- so what happens is these kids that are very, very violent, um, they don't get a criminal record. So nobody knows if they do go and try to get a gun, they don't have a criminal record, even though they've, they've done really bad stuff. Apparently, it's one of the reasons why there was a uh, teacher in St. Paul that got the tar beat out of him yeah, by a kid. That. And I think he got 60 days of uh, counseling. The kid just kicked this teacher. The teacher still has brain damage. It was in the papers. It's yeah, didn't of, he sue the district or something? Yes. Yes, he did. And, and whatever nowhere. happened to that? Got nowhere. Well, the kid just got 60 days of, of uh, counseling. He didn't, nothing's happened to him. Oh. I oh. mean, he, he could have killed that teacher very easily. Wow, this, uh, that's an interesting definition. Mm. They redefined the term isolation to mean any instance in which a youth is confined alone for more than 10 minutes in a room or cell. That's isolation? So if you're in a cell for 10 minutes, you are in isolation, yeah. It's insane. Oh, by the way, Mm. uh, as far as the elected officials that uh, wrote the president about this, there he is, Congressman Keith Ellison. Boy, anything that is about changing America is about Keith Ellison. He just loves it. I have the hardest time understanding how not being accountable for your actions is a good thing for anybody. They're all nuts. This is a very, very, very long bill, so it's, it, it, it would take days yeah, to go we through all this. We can't read it. It's just basically... Aren't most bills that way, though? Yes, they, they are. They make it so you can't make hide nor hair of them, and then plus they plug in little parts uh, that will benefit their district or whatever. Yeah, exactly. There are there must be 500 clauses in this thing and, you know, any given clause could say anything. And you know that none no one has read the whole no, thing. No one in government it. has read every single clause. They just, you know, they skim it and say, "Yep, looks good to me." It is amazing to me that 
the goal, once again, is the content of someone's character. That is why I'm still pissed off at the Democratic Party, because they turned their backs on Martin Luther King, the content of your character. If you call, come up behind a teacher and call him an effing honky cracker and then choke the piss out of him, there's not a lot of character there. So that's the problem. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's just the kid's character is flawed. You don't... And that kid got what? What did you say? Sixty days of 60 counseling. Sixty days of counseling. And the uh, the teacher still has brain damage. Yep. That's nice. That's really great. That's that's fantastic, America. That's the America we were looking for, right there. Once again, to treat everybody the same doesn't mean you treat other people differently or better. That went on in the past, and it didn't work. You know, white people were treated better than everybody else. It didn't work. It made people very unhappy. So having anybody treated differently now is not going to work again. It doesn't work. So let it go. All right. So there was, there was a theft of an Oscar? Francis yeah. McDormand? Fr- Francis what? McDormand. They, they, <laughs> it's a great, I mean, it's a, I shouldn't say a great story because it's great because they got the guy and they got it back. But, yeah, what guts? It's kind of like somebody going in the locker room and st- stealing Tom Brady's jersey, you yeah. know? Yep. It's on that sort of level. The guts of these people. It is amazing. Did she? She did get it back, though. Yes, the guy um, Wolfgang Puck's photographer caught the guy <laughs> holding the thing. Really? And there's there's a tweet. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll send you the story, Catherine. Um, yeah, there was a a tweet that went out saying this is the guy we're looking for, and and it took about forty minutes, but they caught him. Amazing. Oh, Mike sent it yeah. to me, so I'll, I'll just send it quickly. Oh, Mike, got it. yeah, it, I got an article from Variety. If you, if you don't have the picture in there, let me know, and, and I can send, send the version I got. Right but, yeah, they caught him. But, you know, again, in this day and age, and just going back quickly to this whole thing about that guy getting beat up in the road rage thing, oh, yeah. in this day and age, with all the camera phones and everything else around, you're really hoping that maybe somebody caught this guy. Yeah. On yep. you know, on uh, took a picture or whatever, but that's how they nabbed this guy here. This guy was walking around with the Oscar like it was his. He's what? kissing the thing. He's holding it up above his head like he wanted. What no is good. what's wrong with you? I, so so he doesn't think anybody's going to notice that he's he won an Oscar and nobody knows who he is. <laughs> Apparently not. I suppose he thinks he's one of those. Well, I won it for visual effects, and people aren't going to know me. So, you that's know, one of the less familiar technical people that that win it. You know. So, Frances McDormand, what was the deal with that laugh of hers? I, I love Frances McDormand. I think she's a wonderful actor. No doubt. I about do it. too. You know, she said that she was. Uh, close to hyperventilating maybe mm-hmm. she was just really excited about winning and oh, no. i don't know you know what she always comes off a, a yeah and look she comes off as an odd duck anyway yes, mm-hmm. yes. but i love that about her yep. i mean and that's her performances too yep. i mean they're different that's why she wins you know uh, um and i just think that uh I don't think it was manufactured. I think it was real. <laughs> it just seemed, sounded like she was so excited, and she made that weird noise. It's like, okay, well, yeah, whatever, we have, you know. We have to track that down. That audio is amazing. Her accepting her Academy Award, she starts this cackling. It is really weird. I mean, it's very odd. It almost sounds like the trill of uh, the creature in Shape of Water. It does. That's true. <laughs> it sounds a lot like that. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, I uh, Francis McDormand deserted, uh, deserved it. 
Uh, Allison Janney certainly deserved it. She was oh. amazingly good. Gary Oldman absolutely deserved it. Sam Rockwell deserved it. All those people. Mm-hmm. The actors, you're right. They nailed it. Best picture. See, I, I can't believe they had the right to pick ten movies. They only picked nine, and they left I, Tonya off the list. I'll never understand why. That is why. crazy. Why would they leave I, Tonya off the list of best pictures? Well, it's really a... There's a certain system of voting where instead of just putting down who you think should be best picture, they put down choices one, two, and three, and they tabulate things based on those three picks. And then there's a threshold. So if they don't get a certain percentage of the vote, then they it could be anywhere from five to ten. I don't know. To me, it's like, okay, just name ten nominees. Yeah, you, have the, you can name ten, name ten. I don't get that either because that, I was really shocked and really disappointed that that wasn't nominated because, mm-hmm. again, that clearly, easily was one of the best pictures last year. Yeah. Easily. I would not argue with you for one second on that. It's particularly, the particular scene I'm thinking is when her mother asks her, come on, tell me the truth. Did you, were you involved? And it turns out her own mother is trying to rat her out to the authorities. Oh, God. Oh, that scene. And look, the movie's been out for a few months now, so if you haven't seen it, it's not going to ruin anything for you anyway. You'll know that her mother never supported her. She pushed and pushed and pushed her to try to get her to make money, but she never supported her as a, as a daughter. It was terrible. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, you just find out that Tanya Harding had a really, really horrible life. Yes. Not only with the mom, but with the husband. Um, and even with, this is one thing I, I, a lot of people aren't pointing out, but, you know, just the elite organization that is professional ice skating, they didn't want her because they looked at her like she was trailer trash. Right. And they more or less told that to her face. Yeah, they did. So she had nothing but an uphill climb that in, her entire life. And then, ultimately, they take it all away from her. They take away the uh, membership in the organization, yeah. so therefore she can never do the... Uh, what is what? What are those? Do they even do those touring things anymore? Where they have the stars on ice or whatever? I yeah, mean, she couldn't take part even... in any of that stuff. So yeah, right. so next thing you know, she's in the boxing ring. Which yeah. It was sad. What yeah, a was. sad movie. Really, it was very very sad. She turns into a a boxer, a celebrity boxer. Okay, whatever. Well, now she's landscaping, know. right? Uh, I think so. I think she's a landscaper now. Yeah. So a movie wasn't even mentioned, but. Andy and Catherine and I saw over the weekend, loved it. At least I loved it. I think they did as well. <laughs> we saw The Disaster Artist. Oh, my <laughs> God, I loved that movie. It was. Well, you know, it was funny because I, I really loved it, too. And, and um, you know, he was on his way. Franco was on his way to to being nominated. And then the allegations came out about him, and that killed oh, everything. Right, right. right. But Tommy Wizzo... I did not do actually, it. <laughs> he, he tweeted Mark Hamill and Jimmy Kimmel over the weekend. He actually asked Mark specifically. He says, hey, because Mark was presenting. He goes, can you give me a ticket to the Oscars, me and Greg Sestero? And uh, he had a legitimate argument, though, because Franco didn't get nominated, but the screenplay did. Oh, it did? So he okay. would have had a legit reason to be there, especially since it was... You know, it's based on a book on his life. I mean, come on. And the film. I mean, come on. Why deny that? You know, and then you see people that don't belong there, there. But uh, they were probably afraid, you know, again, it's 
this the academy, they probably didn't want to be embarrassed by him being there Why? because he, uh, at the Globes he tried to take over the podium I from know. Franco. So. I know. <laughs> that guy when he's that first scene that they they show him acting, Stella, Stella, Stella. Oh God, is it great? God, it's, so, it's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and again, weird. it's been out long enough, and I think that the, the cat's out of the bag. But Franco, who directed the thing too, um, at the end had the side by side comparison. Wonderful. Of it wasn't that amazing. It was wonderful. Of, yeah, the, the his film and Wizzo's version, and from what I've read, he virtually recreated twenty five minutes of the film yeah. of the of the room. Yep. And it's it's just amazing. It's just a really an amazing film that again just it, it, it got uh, all the wind out of its sails. You know, just before Oscars, right when the Oscar yep. voting was happening, yep. when the Franco stuff came out. Otherwise, I think it would have been a, a nominee, nominated for a lot more than it was nominated for. I'm hoping that um, uh, Seth Rogen goes back to that because he was very good in it. And when he first became mm-hmm. an actor, he was very good. And then he got into that really silly, uh, 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 that thing that he kept doing in all the movies. Yeah. He was really good in The Disaster Artist. Played it perfectly, I thought. Oh, he did. He did. And, uh, yeah, he was like the, he wasn't the director because Wizzo was the director, but he was like the production manager or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. On but- set the whole time. And he didn't. And, uh, oh, sorry. He was playing a character, you know? He wasn't being Seth Rogen. No, that's exactly right. I think I think he was very good in it. When he goes in to cash his check, he goes, uh, I hope this doesn't bounce. And the guy at the bank goes, uh, This bank account is a bottomless pit. There's so much money in it. And it shocked everyone. This guy, they, there was no end to the money in that bank account. Isn't that amazing? Well,. You know, again, it's one of those deals where he spent $6 million of his own money to make this picture. It's amazing. And nobody knows where it came from. Nobody <laughs> claims to know where he's from. Um, I bet Greg you know, knows, but he's also been sworn to secrecy. Yeah, probably. I mean, I've read Poland, maybe. But yeah. where, where does the money come from? You think they would have been able to trace that? Maybe he's in witness protection. Mm, maybe. Wouldn't it be funny, though, in a few years, if it all came out that this so, whole thing was an act? <laughs> sorry. Okay, no, no, I mean, saying? you know that it's like, even he's faking it. But I don't know, I, I think it's real, but it's just got, it's just so bizarre, how can it be true? Andy you said know? that they're going to make another movie, didn't you? Yeah, uh, Greg and Tommy are making another movie, uh, coming out in, I think it was, it's this month. Uh, called best it's well it's best friends but the r is in parentheses so i don't know if you're supposed to pronounce it or not best friends or best friends best, best fiends. fiends yeah exactly ah, I it's it. but i guess you're supposed to pronounce it both ways at the same time but yeah that's that's coming out this month we'll be back tom bernard show